Blog Talk Radio. And just 
to help help raise awareness, you know, while you're doing that. Um, today's show, like all shows, we would encourage you to join the conversation. And you can do that by calling in live at 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. Or you can join us using the chat box. Now, before I introduce our next guest, I have to A, apologize that I have severe allergies, so my voice doesn't quite sound the same, and I'll be probably slurping down liquid and, and taking my throat lozenges, um, getting through whatever is attacking my system at the moment here, um, so please bear with us, because we're going to have a, a great, great show with Nashville artist Jill Miller. Um, but before I formally introduce her, I always like to shout out to a few organizations. Uh, first, I have to give a shout out to uh, a company that I, I so admire, and that is Health Star Home Health. They um, are located in Minnesota and just doing not only fabulous home care, but they are really um, adding value to shifting our dementia care culture in this country. I am working very closely with them in my town, Pictures, and we're going to be launching a brand new film called His Neighbor Phil, uh, the end of this month at the State Fair. And um, that wouldn't be happening without the assistance of, of Health Star uh, Home Health on this. I also um, want to just mention clinical trials because a lot of people want to know, you know, how can we make change? How can we improve things? And from a medical perspective and a pharmaceutical perspective, you know, we all want to cure. Um, but in order to do that, people have to get involved in clinical trials. And you can go to Facebook and just look at the Alzheimer's team. Or you can go to my homepage on alzheimerspeaks.com and just uh, click on the graphic that talks about clinical trials. That way you can help reshape um, treatments for Alzheimer's and help uh, help the battle that so many families and, and friends of yours are going through in terms of dealing with this disease. Um, I would be amiss if I didn't give a shout-out to Alzheimer's Disease International. They are the organization of all the Alzheimer's associations around the world. So if you are looking for a um, an association closest to you, you will not only be able to find them, but you'll find a lot of global resources as well. Dementia Action Alliance is a great national organization too, uh, that is fairly new, and they are really focused on helping those living with dementia and families. And you can go to their website at daanow.org. Many are looking for holistic uh, routes, and for that, I suggest you check out Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. Um, there you'll find out about you know, diet and exercise and, and meditation. And um, let's see, last is, you know, if you haven't joined the Purple Angel effort, I would highly recommend that you do that as well. Uh, that's a new global symbol for dementia, and anybody can utilize that. It costs no money, very little time. Again, go to alzheimerspeaks.com, go to our About page, and from there, you'll see a tab on your left-hand side talking about the Purple Angel. 
just click on that. You'll be able to get more information and can shoot me an email from there for that information. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest here. We are so lucky to have Nashville recording artist Jill Miller with us, and she's released four CD projects and is working on her fifth, which is going to be a Christmas project entitled King of Kings. So I can't wait to hear this. This woman's got just an exceptional voice and just a wonderful history um, that she's going to share with us. Watch Me Fly is the latest single release from her previous CD, Grace Finds Wings, and it's receiving airplay on over 1,100 radio stations in the U.S. and Canada. Um, for those that, uh, of you that don't know Jill, she has opened up for legendary stars like Loretta uh, Lynn, uh, Brian Luttrell, He's part of the Backstreet Boys, um, and she's performed a duet with a new song and sang the national anthem for the for President Bush and um, 11,000 people when he was in Iowa. So, you know, this, this gal is making some tracks. She's also performed at the legendary Bluebird Cafe in Nashville, which one of these days I am going to hit that because I cannot wait to to go there. Jill is also not only just a singer and, and songwriter, but she's a keynote speaker at women's retreats across the country, too. And she's written her first book, which was um, published in November of 2014, called Grace Finds Wings, A Journey in Song. And in April of 2008, Jill was named Siouxland Women of the of the Year in honor of her volunteer work in the community. Um, again, Jill Miller is just one of those exceptional people that is just an honor to know. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and pull you into the show, Jill. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Lori. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, you are involved in, in talented in so many areas. And so first I want to talk about your book, Grace Finds Wings, A, a Journey in Song. Can you give us a little background um, on what is that book about? Well, I took those 10, I wrote all the songs on my last CD, Grace Finds Wings. And when I sing them out, so many people want to know the stories behind the songs. And I knew I needed to write a book because I've been speaking a lot more and women kept asking if I had a book. And so it just kind of came naturally that I wrote a book about the stories behind the songs on my latest CD, Grace Finds Wings. And I didn't really know when I went into it that it would be quite as autobiographical as it is, but as songwriters, that is where we draw a lot of our material is from personal experience. So it ended up being a lot of my own experiences plus stories that I've heard along the way and then a lot it's biblically based. It's I'm a Christian speaker, so it's, you know, got a lot of Bible verses that songs were ra- were based off of as well. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, that sounds like a, a great book. Again, uh, for those who are listening, it's called Grace Finds Wings, A Journey in Song. Do you want to share with us, is there one in particular story that stands out to you um, in that in that book? Well, there's a lot of them, actually, because there's the one that would relate really well to what we're talking about is my father's journey 
through dementia. Uh, he had multi-infarct dementia, and I wrote a song through that relation, through his illness. He ended up living in a care facility the last four years of his life. He had no language, no verbal skills at all, and he was just my mom couldn't care for him anymore in the home, and so he lived in a care facility, and I got to be very close, of course, to those everyone at the care facility because he was there for four years. And we just got a great relationship. And after Mm -hmm. he passed away, a couple years later, I've been a singer-songwriter in the area for a while, and the executive director and the development director from the care facility he was at approached me about writing a song for them to use as a commercial for TV and radio. And so I wrote a song, and it went on a previous CD, and they ended up using it for a couple years, and we started this. Um, Christmas show, uh, a benefit concert for them every year at our local Orpheum Theater. It's a beautiful restored theater, seats about 2,500 people, and we started doing a benefit concert for them. Actually, this year will be my ninth year um, doing this concert for Sunrise, and they've raised over 300 and some thousand dollars off the show. So it's it's been a great, great partnership, and so that's how that song, how it came to life as we were getting ready to do another Christmas show and they were in the middle of a capital campaign called a new sunrise. And as a songwriter, I'm like, Oh, that's a song. (laughs) I need to write a song for that. So ended up writing them a song and they're actually still using that song on TV and radio. And so that was kind of the story behind that song and how it came to life. So that's, that's one of the chapters in the book is basically about my dad and our family's journey through Alzheimer's. Wow, very exciting, yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit um, about, you know, how, how did you guys find out about your dad having dementia and, and how did that all kind of go down with your family? Well, he had a stroke. My dad had multi-infarct, so it was caused by strokes. He had a major stroke at the age of 63, and he didn't have much paralysis, so we thought, you know, everything was going to be okay. He had some limited on one side paralysis, but it all pretty much came back. But mentally, we noticed some major differences after that stroke, especially with his emotions. And then through the years, he just kind of continually started deteriorating. And he would get more and more forgetful. He just had behavior issues that started showing up. And Finally, we took him to Mayo Clinic, and he had at that point he had had eleven strokes that we didn't know about. You know, we knew about the major one, but he'd had a lot of little other ones, and so it just slowly kind of started happening. Over the next five years, he just really diminished in capacity. Was not was not able to drive. Eventually, started having more emotional highs and lows, and like one time on, I'll never forget on Mother's Day, we were having, I have a big family. There's six children and lots and lots of grandchildren. And when we all get together, it's a house full. And we were at my sister's house and he just started laughing. And at first we're like, okay, something's funny. And then he just didn't stop and didn't stop. And we ended up having to, you know, take him in. And so things like that started happening where we'd mm-hmm. have episodes that, 
we just didn't know what was going on. And so eventually it led to where, as I said, he had no language and he started getting violent. And that's why we really had to put him in, in the care facility because he started, he had no verbal skills. And so it just became necessary, I guess. It was really hard on my mom to do that. She kept him home absolutely as long as possible. So it was a really, it was a tough journey, but we're lucky in the fact that all six of us kids still live in the same hometown. And so we were able to help mom and give her the respite care that, you know, she needed while she had him home. And we would all take turns because he couldn't be left at home alone for probably two years before, you know, he had to go to the, go to sunrise. So, you know, that was 24 seven for mom. And we, we all kind of took turns going over there and giving her breaks and yeah, learned a lot through the process and just kind of the slow deterioration of, of his function was, I guess, really, really hard to watch. My dad was a, he was definitely the head of the household and, you know, just the provider and the rock and to see him go from that to slowly just deteriorate was, it was really hard on our family. Very hard. Yeah, it's it's tough stuff. It's tough stuff. Now I know you wrote a song um, about you know about your experience um, with with your dad's dementia called "I Will Remember." Yes. And I'm wondering, I yes. would love to I would love to play that for our audience. But I'm wondering if you want to set that up at all first. Sure. This was I wrote this song when. Dad was still at home with mom, and I actually had some surgery that I was going to be down um, for six weeks. I wasn't going to be able to lift anything. So my mom, I had people that were going to help take care of my kids, and so I was kind of looking for, I knew I couldn't just sit around for six weeks. I'm kind of a doer and a goer, so I knew I needed something to do, and so I wanted to make a scrapbook for mom for Christmas because it was kind of close to Christmas of dad because he was starting to fade so much and we were you know you start to re- lose the memory of what he was like and uh-huh. I just thought I don't want that to happen I want to remember him who he was and you know my dad that took us camping and fishing and you know always had a twinkle in his eye and was just you know such a great strong man and so I wrote I started this scrapbook and then I started writing this song and I thought, you know what, that would just be awesome to give mom this scrapbook and this song for Christmas. So I ended up doing both. I found, I recorded the song in a local recording studio to begin with. The one that you're going to hear is one I actually did in Nashville. But for that Christmas, I gave her, you know, kind of a work copy of it. So that's how it came. It all came wanting to give mom something special for Christmas. And it was, you know, it was a hard time on her. This time obviously was really hard on my mom and so I wanted to do something special and that's where the song came from. Wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and play it and then we can talk more after that. Sounds good. Worn out 
days were through Hard work was all you knew Loving father who kept your family near Time spent together, a treasure I hold dear Now I watch as your mind is gone While your body lingers on Questions grow of God's plan How I long for that twinkle in your eye As my heart just aches for times gone by I will remember the man I once knew I will remember
Wow, what a beautiful song, Jill. Absolutely oh, gorgeous. Thank you. Just thank gorgeous. You. What what did your thank family you. think of that of the song when you wrote that? They must have just saw that in tears. Oh yeah, we were we were all bawling. <laughs> it was yeah, it was a pretty emotional pretty emotional moment, but you know, I just had to claim that I'm not going to remember you this way. I'm going to remember you, you know, healthy. And since memory is what was stolen from him, it's like, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I will remember you the way you were. And, and that was my biggest fear. I think when my dad was sick for nine years and I just thought, I'm not going to remember him healthy. You know, I'm not going to remember him anything other than these last years. And, you know, I really do. I don't, I, right now I hard, he's been gone for 15 years and I hardly remember him sick anymore, which is just a blessing. I remember, you know, I remember the healthy dad that, you know, took me camping and, and all that. And that's kind of what the song was about that I just wanted to remember him for who he was. Well, I love the line um, in there about, you know, there's comfort in knowing that he'll be healed. You know, and exactly, and, and God's love, and then, and then I really, I, I'm just teary-eyed now talking about it. But the strength you'll find in the confidence He gave you, and how that's just kind mm-hmm. of sewn into your heart. And it's like, you know, I think for all of us as caregivers, we all have that fear of will we remember? And right, and I and I think it's important for all of us to know that, you know, that's what memories are for is to hold on and to keep. And unless right. unless we um, become diseased, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to carry on and keep those memories alive. You know? Right. Uh, but right. there's just such great fear um, in that. And so it's just beautiful that you, you know, could capture this. I mean, I would love to be able to write a song or sing a song, but I would scare everyone away, you know, <laughs> um, that, that you have the, the, the skill and the beauty um, and the grace to do what you do. Um, it's very, It was a very, very moving song, and, I, and I'm sure it just touched so many hearts um, along the way. Thank Give you. you yes, it's, yeah, it, it's, you know, I just, I felt really compelled and um, it's just, it has been amazing how you do get those memories back and you just want to know that someone else has gone through it and has survived. And I just sang that song at, I can't remember where I was at, at a women's retreat somewhere. And I I sang that song and talked a bit about my dad and someone came up afterwards and they were just bawling and I'm, they're like, are you real, are you, will I really remember them healthy? And I said, you will. You will uh-huh. remember them healthy again. And and I was going to say something, too, about music and how powerful it is, because my dad had, as I said, had no language for the last four years of his life. But our sisters and I, my sisters and I grew up singing together. There's five girls in my family and one boy. And we used to go around to nursing homes and, oh, churches. We were part of a little variety show. And dad was our biggest fan. He loved, loved watching us girls sing. And at the end, you know, you tried talking to him and he, he couldn't respond and his eyes were pretty, you know, blank. And But I, every time I would go, I would sing to him. I would sing How Great Thou Art or Amazing Grace or some old hymn like that. And then he would look at me and he would, you know, 
couple times he tried to sing along even. And it's been really sweet because I did a little nursing home tour, I want to call it, but I did about six nursing homes in May and June. We just thought, oh, let's just go bless some local nursing homes. So we went to some units that had dementia units along with them, and it was really amazing how the music touched people. There was this one woman who her daughter said, oh, she hasn't, she doesn't say much at all, and she just she doesn't really know anything. Well, I started singing, and she sang the words to almost every song. It was because I tried to do old songs like You Are My Sunshine and, you know, old hymns, and I just I'm amazed at how when nothing else gets through, music does. And I think that's yeah. part of what inspired me to write it too. It's like, you know what, that's what got through to my dad to the end, and so I need to write a song about that. So it's just been really powerful. Yeah, music is. I mean, I know for my mom, she would just light up. And, um, you know, I don't know if you've seen the movie Alive Inside um, or even the, the short YouTube video, but that, that just accentuates the power mm-hmm. of music. And it just is so beautiful um, to see this, this new movie we're launching, His Neighbor Phil. There's a There's a piece of music that kind of winds through the whole thing and I had um, people at our memory cafe who um, those are members who have early memory loss in their care partners and it was fascinating to watch them watch the film because every time music came on they all lit up in their Mm -hmm. chair and they started either singing the words or tapping their fingers or something their foot you know oh cool it was yeah. instantly, instantly, every single time. And, um, yeah. you know, music is something that I think we all take in, um, it, we all take for granted because we just, yes. run, you know, whatever it is we're listening to, it's just it's background music. We don't even realize the power behind it. Well, something really brings us to tears, like your song, um, where it touches our heart. Then we're like, "Wow, that was powerful!" But we don't, we don't understand the beauty and the power of the of the presence of music in our daily life, and how it calms us down, how it cheers us up, how it, you know, you know, how it just makes us right. feel better, feel more connected. Right. And how, it, yeah, world. it breaks those barriers. It really, really does. It breaks those yeah. barriers and. It breaks those memory barriers too. I found. I mean, I just I am amazed at at how it just sparks memories in in people suffering with memory loss. Yep, it's beautiful. It's really yep. beautiful. Very much so. Can you tell us, you know, on your journey, what was one of the the hardest things that you experienced in terms of just watching watching your own father with this disease? Well, I think I think it was just the slow deterioration. It's like, you know, every time you would go see him or every time I it just felt like it was just one more piece was taken away. And that was just so hard as I said my father was just he wasn't a very tall man. He was like maybe five six. You know, we're uh-huh. a short family but he was, you know, strong and he he built homes and he was just always so in control, you know, and in charge and just very confident. And to see that, see him go from that to, you know, to where he ended up with no language and mom feet, not being able to feed himself and 
things like that. That was just to see the, uh, that one line in it, to see your dignity gone. That was so hard for me because dad was a very proud person. He would spend, I used to remember as a little girl, I would spend time just watching him comb his hair. He used to use, I can't remember what it was, bro cream or something <laughs> that he would get every, every hair just perfectly combed, you know. And I remember as a little girl watching him in the bathroom. So he was very well kept and and just a really handsome guy. And, you know, to go from that to where he ended up was just, I think that was hard. That was the hardest thing. And it just seemed so long. It was like, um, I just felt like he, it just went on forever. You know, when you're in the middle of it, it felt like it went on forever. So that Uh was, I think the hardest part for me was just every time I just felt like I lost a little bit more of him and, and it was just hard to watch that. And I guess the other hard part was just my mom, how hard it was on her. And um, that was just, she was so, but I learned a lot through that too. I mean, it was actually a really beautiful lesson. I wrote about that actually in my book, how much I learned from my mother through watching her care for dad. And I mean, she did absolutely everything she could do to keep him home as long as she did. And she was at that care facility twice a day or not three times a day. You know, she just, she was true love and devotion in action. And I learned so much from watching her. So that was, that was a beautiful part of it. That bittersweet part of it, that just to see how devoted she was to him to the end. And we still, every Memorial Day, my dad died over Memorial Day weekend. And every Memorial Day to this day, it's 15 years later, we, we meet for breakfast, all of us kids, and then we go to dad's grave and we sing to him. Mom just wants that. So we do that every year. And, you know, she just, she's, um, she loves him as much today as she did the day they were married. And so that's just, really inspiring to me. Uh Uh-huh. That is, uh, my parents were the same way. You know, my mom had the disease, and my my dad was just incredible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, he really, when I grew up, the guys did the outside work, and the women did the inside work, and dad just, you know, he couldn't boil water. He used to toss it Things that they think where they just don't remember anything. That is just a clear day to them. 
Right, right. It changes changes from moment to moment. Now, do you you have siblings as well? Or or are you the only child? No, there's six kids in my family. Five girls and one boy. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, are you the only singer? Or is your whole family pretty musical? Well, as I said, we grew up singing, that my sisters and I grew up singing, and so I've been the only one who's done, gone into it full time. My one uh-huh. sister, Barb, sings with me, like she's singing on the CD that you, that you, the song that you played, that's her singing harmony, and she travels around with me some when I sing, and she's the only one really that sings now. My other sister's we do occasionally, like, we'll sing for family events or for mom when she wants us to, but I'm the only one who's gone into it as strongly as I have. I quit my real job nine or ten years ago now to do music full-time, so it's been kind of a lifelong journey into music. <laughs> okay. Um, um, I'm just looking at your text here, too. And, uh, with us on the show today, uh, Laura, you're breaking up. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in a hotel so using internet connection, so I don't have a okay. whole lot for that. Um, but we have someone in the chat box um, who okay. I just wanted to read this comment to you, and her name is Holy Spirit Lady. She says, "I look forward to show today was a ten-year caretaker for my." who had Alzheimer's. She passed away many years ago, and I'm also um, friends with disabled vets who have early stages of Alzheimer's. I started writing a song about folks who have Alzheimer's, and I was going to ask Jill a question on that. And Holy Spirit, we'd love to hear what your question is. Feel free to type it in or you can call in uh, live to the show if you'd like as well at 714 Thank you asked how my insight with my mom and I guess it was it was really hard for mom it's, as I said because dad was the provider mom stayed home and took care of us kids in the house and so she had to take on all kinds of different roles when he got sick and but you know she she's a strong woman and she grew up on a farm and you know she just she's a survivor and she just never wavered in her care for him and doing absolutely everything that could be done for him physically. He, My dad had Parkinson's too, so that didn't help anything. And so she just did, really did everything she could. And I don't know if you're going to play this song now. I couldn't hear you very well, but I, because I had written the one song I will remember from my perspective. And I just wanted to write another song about it because it was just on my heart and I thought I need to write it from my mom's perspective because it's one thing for me to lose my father, but, you know, she lost the love of her life, and that's a very different 
she had a very different experience with it. So that's that's why I wrote um, the second song, Wherever You Wherever You Are. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and, and play that song, and hopefully our connection will stay strong here. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I cu- you're kind of cutting out, so I was like, I'm not sure I'm answering the question you asked. But hopefully I did. You were doing you were doing fine. So let's see here. Okay. I know you're in there somewhere. Now you're hard to find I wish I could unlock the chain That have taken hold of your mind Time has taken the spark from your eyes
what a gorgeous, gorgeous song that was as well. Um, just beautiful, beautiful phrases in that. Um, I loved um, the, you know, that you'll always find him in, here in your heart. Um, I just thought mm-hmm. that was just so beautiful and, you know, how he keeps her strong, you know, their love. Yeah. Um, just yep. powerful, powerful words, and and just set to um, just gorgeous music. Very, very nice. Um, well, we've thank got a you. Caller. We've got a caller okay. online. Let's go ahead and in. And hi, you are live and on the air. We've got a caller from a four one two number. If you want to state your name and ask your question, make a comment. Yes, uh, my name is Jan. I'm calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I did write on the uh, chat room that I had taken care of my mom who had Alzheimer's for um, 10 years. Now, she had passed many years ago, and I'm taking care of a disabled vet, helping not as, you know, constantly, but doing a lot with him. And um, I'm also a journalist and songwriter, and I just wanted to know, um, I've written a couple songs as a caretaker, and not up to your caliber, because you, your songs are beautiful <laughs> and very inspirational, Jill. Thank but you. I just wondered, um, I did win a Billboard Award in that uh, years ago, but I just wanted to know if you had any advice on how I could um, get into you know, maybe writing songs about something like this, or, or could you ever be a mentor? Or? Oh, yes. I I mentor, actually, a lot of songwriters. I'm a workshop coordinator for the National Songwriters Association International, NSAI. So I would oh. encourage you to see it. I'm sure there's a local chapter. You're, you said Pittsburgh? Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. There's, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's a chapter in Pittsburgh, but... If you go to NSAI, it's um, NashvilleSongwriters.com. They uh-huh. um, list all the regional workshops for songwriters, and it's just a great way to network with other writers. We do critiques for each other and give each other feedback. And, oh, great. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a great organization for writing. Yeah, I um, also import a taxi. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They yeah. um, Yep. You submit yes. songs to that. They made me an honorary member because I interviewed a lot of their people. So I'm also a prayer partner at Cornerstone Television. So um, I was going to say I can always just email you something if you ever might. Have you ever been on Cornerstone Television in Wall I That sounds awesome. No, that sounds yeah, awesome. That's, <laughs> I would love yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say we're broadcasted through very many countries, and, you know, I can give you their uh, website and that, but they're always looking, and, oh, my goodness, your songs are so inspirational, and you're so professional. Your voice is gorgeous. So, okay, you know what? Is there a way, if I, through Facebook, maybe I could email you on that about? Yes, that'd be great. Oh, okay. Or you can go to my my website. You can go to my website. It's www.jillmillermusic.com. Okay. And you can just, you can email me through that. Okay, that's wonderful, and keep up the the great work you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Are you living in Nashville now? I don't. I live in Iowa still, but I go to Nashville a lot. But I I still oh, cool. um, make my home in Iowa. So. 
Yeah. Okay, not too far thanks away. again. I'm not too far from you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank okay, you. thank you so much. Uh-huh. Thanks for calling in, Jan. Uh, great question. And uh, it sounds like we've made some good connections there, so that's that's fantastic. Um, that is. I, I, awesome. I, didn't, I didn't know that there were, um, you know, actual, like, former um, groups for mentoring for songwriters and things. That's great. There are. Yeah, NSAI is a wonderful, wonderful organization, and they have chapters all across the country. So, yeah, it's a great way to network with other writers and get feedback on songs. And, yeah, so it's a great organization. Okay. And is there, do you know, is there a fee for people to belong to that organization? I would imagine there probably is. There is. It's $200 a year, but with that fee, you get 10 online song critiques, which you could pay up to 50 bucks for just one song critique. So that in itself makes it worth the money. Plus you get you get access to all these online videos about songwriting, and some of them are about lyric writing, some of them are about melody, some are about like your PROs, more the business side of songwriting uh-huh. and the publishing side. So whatever you're interested in, whatever you need help with, once you're a member, you can access all those videos and find out information and listen to teaching classes about whatever it is that you, you're you struggling with. And you also get one-on-ones, two one-on-ones a year with people from NSAI with your membership. So you get a ton of benefits. And then you get to go to those meetings for free. Um, wow. the, the, your local meeting, you get to go free once you're a member of NSAI. Yeah, it's okay. a great... It's a great place for songwriters to get connected. Wonderful. Well, that's that's great, yeah. great information to know. So I'm glad Jan called in and um, yeah, me too. And was able to ask that question. Now, um, you also do you know a lot of speaking and stuff. And can you talk about? Um, do you speak specifically on dementia at all, or? You know, or do you speak on songwriting, or do you speak on religion? What 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 do you speak on, Jill? Kind of kind of all of the above, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I speak a lot. I do a lot of women's retreats, and those are typically Christian, you know, through a church. And I have a really awesome retreat called Get Real, where I talk about getting real with ourselves, with God, and with others. And it's just about you know taking our masks off and not trying to be perfect, all that kind of thing. So that's one of the retreats I do. When I do more secular, like, motivational kind of speaking, I have a a really fun speech. I mean, I have a bunch of different things, but one is called Writing the Song of Your Life. And we we kind of explore, if your life was a song and it was playing on the radio, for everyone to hear, would you want to turn it up or turn it off? (laughs) Would Uh you like it or or do you need to rewrite it? So basically how if we don't like how our song or how our life is going, we can rewrite it. So I kind of take that songwriting element into that and talk about tapping into creativity, listening to inspiration, and then taking risks. So that's kind of that speech. But I am actually developing, because I've recently been speaking more about the dementia side, so I actually do that as well and incorporate those songs, incorporate the songs into it. So, yeah, I do have, and that's, really been on my heart to get more and more into the Alzheimer and dementia realm. So I'm really trying to uh, work that angle. I'm trying to get some some more things lined up there because that's really where my heart is. I find 
I do the best when my heart's in it. Like my children are adopted. I went through infertility, so I can, you know, I love speaking about that. And I went through a divorce you know, 10, 12 years ago. Now my first husband left me after 20 years of marriage for a younger woman, you know, the typical, <laughs> the typical uh-huh. scenario. But so anyway, so I love speaking to women that are going through a crisis like that. And, and dementia is another thing that I just, I love to, I love to speak about it when I've been through it and I can speak from personal experience. So yeah, I really am trying to branch out more and do a whole lot more in the dementia and Alzheimer's areas because, and I'd like to really just share how much I've witnessed music, you know, can make such a huge impact in their life. And I'd love to see it used more and more in therapy and things like that. So yeah, that's kind of, I kind of do a variety of things and I, I actually do retreats too. If like a, a church or something has a specific theme they want, I will tailor my my speech and my retreat to that theme. And a lot of times I'll write a song to go with it. I love mm-hmm. writing like to a theme. So a lot of times I'll write a specific song just for that retreat or whatever. So but yeah, it makes it really fun having the songwriting is really fun to draw into my speaking because I don't just speak. Every time I speak, I sing as well. I I intermix songs into my speech. So it kind of uh-huh. makes it a little bit a little bit more interesting. I even rap in my get real speech. I rap <laughs> just just to have fun. It's a pretty fun rap. So and yeah, and I sing about menopause. I've written some songs about menopause and so we just like I like to have fun in my writing, and I, I'm not always so serious, you know. I like to have fun too. So um, yeah, I just try to kind of really mix it up and make it interesting and a little bit different than the typical keynote. Well, that's that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. the um, the churches are really struggling with dementia right now, so that would be probably be right up your alley. And a lot of them are starting to reach out for more support and looking for different things. Um, in order to engage, you know, their parishioners, and um, right. they're, you know, but they're not quite sure how to do that, and um, so, and then of course, you know, you've got all the Alzheimer's associations and the various uh, conferences in the area are aging in every state, and um, you know, right. every state is now putting together a dementia plan um, for NAPA, the National Alzheimer's Plan Act. And so this is just going to be coming more and more to the forefront. Um, yeah. And so it's, re- it's really exciting, very, very exciting times with that. And I love that you work the the um, the music into your talks. And, you know, you're just very uplifting in terms of, like you said, life is kind of one crisis after another. And it just, it, yes. the, le- the level the level of what we're in depends on how we're going to react to it usually. Exactly. And, um, <laughs> you know, in the talk I was doing yesterday, I spoke for six hours at Red College. And, you know, the, one of my themes that I always put through all of my talks, which sounds very similar to yours, is, but I always I always ask the question when I'm up against the wall or when I'm feeling uncomfortable. It's like, what's my lesson? What's my lesson? And then tell people, you know, then you got to right. shut up and, and listen. You got to get quiet. You got to stop spinning. Yeah. And and you know, do some praying, do some meditation, whatever you do, but just quiet your head, and it will come to you. It will come to you. Yeah. The answers and and the 
beautiful lessons wrapped in dementia. I mean, I, I'm i going to have to write a book just on that because I, I, there's so many of them. And right. it's so fun to talk to people who have been through the experience. And granted, no one would wish the disease on anybody, but, you know, you don't want it to be a waste either. And, you know, one exactly. of the ways for it not to be a waste is to, is to let it change your life. Let let it make you a better, stronger, you know, a wiser person. And then share yeah, that. Absolutely. So, you know, kudos to you. Well, for, I just spoke at a retreat. Sounds like we say the same thing. I, I uh, spoke this weekend and I said, you know, we have to go from asking why me to asking mm-hmm. why not me. And then yep. the third step is, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me in this? You know, that's kind yep. of where we have to train ourselves to go. Because our initial response is, why me? And, you know, poor yep. me. And then why not me? Why shouldn't it happen to me? And then what, like you said, what are you trying to teach me in this? What lesson do I need to learn? Or what can I learn from this? Yep. So, yep. yeah, that's very much the same thing. Yeah, we all jumped on the rabbit hole. <laughs> You know, that's yes. <laughs> the, first, the first place we go and, um, you know, the yep. last place we should really be because um, we spent so much time worrying about things that we can't control and that will never happen instead of really maximizing what we have before us, you know, right now. And, yeah, exactly. And, um, so true. So true. Well, great. Well, it sounds like you're doing great, great work. I did want to ask you about the butterfly on the cover of your book. Um, you know, and that's kind of, it seems to be a theme. Can you explain to people why the butterfly? Yes, I will. It's kind of the key to actually my life right now. About As I said earlier, about 12 years ago now, my first husband left me for a younger woman, and we had been married for 20 years, and I had two boys who were 9 and 12, and I was very, very devastated. It was I had no idea. It was totally one of those out-of-the-blue things. And so I was really in a mess of a spot and very devastated. And shortly after this happened, I was out in Colorado for an event for music, which is really interesting because I hadn't really done much with my music up to that point. I was writing songs, but just kind of doing them locally. My church would, I'd sing them at my church and stuff. And I was part of a group for 20 years, but didn't really go beyond that very much and I had planned to go to this music seminar seminar in the Rockies in Estes Park Colorado back in January and I found this out in July so seven months earlier I'd made these plans and I found out on a Tuesday and I was leaving on Saturday and once I found out I did not want to go because I was pretty much just bawling (laughs) you know I wanted to hole up in my house with my dogs and my kids and not see anybody and Anyway, but I started thinking I'm going to the mountains and there's all these mountaintop experiences in the Bible. So I'm sure God's going to like tell me exactly what to do with my life. And so I went out there hoping for some big miraculous thing like that to happen. So because I just didn't know what I was supposed to do if I was supposed to move on or try to make my marriage work. And, you know, if I ever needed to be doing the right thing, it was then because I had two boys who were going to be affected. And so anyway, I went out to this seminar and didn't see the burning bush or the tablet of stone or post-it note or, you know, anything I was hoping for. And it was my last day there. And I decided to take off from the seminar and all the writing or all the teaching to go write. And so I 
there was this beautiful mountain brook by where we were staying. And so I went by this brook and I was up on this big rock and it was, oh, there were pine trees everywhere. And it was just absolutely beautiful. What I picture heaven to look like was this place. And I was sitting there writing some very depressing songs and (laughs) crying out to God, you know, what are you doing and what am I supposed to do? And as I was writing, I looked up and there was this butterfly dancing in the wind right in front of me, this big, beautiful yellow butterfly. And she stayed there for the longest time and she did not move from right in front of me. And I just sat staring and was absolutely mesmerized by this butterfly. And as I sat staring and watching it, God just spoke so really clearly to my heart. It wasn't like I heard his voice, but it was just this knowing of what he said. And he said, Jill, you are that butterfly and you're going to be okay because I'm right here with you. And this peace just passed over me and I knew I was going to be okay. And throughout the next year, I did go through a divorce. My husband, bottom line, wasn't coming back and it was a really hard time. But every time I saw a butterfly, it just like reminded me that I was going to be okay. You know, God was with me. He was going to get me through whatever. And so that butterfly became a theme then for my ministry. I have a nonprofit actually that I just started called Butterfly Nation. And God's just really built off that. And it really relates to me. It relates to dementia, to all those struggles we have in life that when we feel overwhelmed, you know, I just, that God is with us. He's going to get us through it. We're going to be okay. You know, there's, he's seen all, everything that we're going through, he's seen it a million times before. And people have survived it. And I think that's part of what I love about networking, like what you're doing. Just as you said, we all just need to know that someone else has been through it, that someone's there with us, and they're going to help us through it. We don't have to do it alone. And so that's really how the butterfly got to be such an important part of my ministry. Oh, very neat. Neat story. Yeah. Well, you're doing just fantastic work, Jill, and you've got a beautiful voice, and um, I can't even imagine how many people that you touch um, and the lives that you change and and the inspiration that you are. Um, So thank you, and um, please keep up your work. Um, Before I I give people your um, information, you know, in terms of continue, is there anything else that you would – you would like to uh, have our listeners know about you and your work? Well, um, just I'm really excited. As you said, when you started, I'm working on a new CD project, a Christmas project. It's going to be called King of Kings, and it's incredible. It's going to be oh, just it's just going to be an incredible project, and just really excited about where God is taking my ministry. I'm getting more and more retreats going, and retreats are really where I love to be. So if there's any churches out there that need a retreat, that want to host a retreat, they can just get in touch with me. And we have a whole, like, plan, like a schedule and the committees that you need. We have, like, a template that they can use. And that's really where my heart is to be at these retreats and really sharing. And in those retreats, I I tend to share my father's story as well as the other (coughs) things we've talked about. But, yeah, just really would love the opportunity to – to come wherever I travel anywhere. So pretty much haven't been out of the country yet, but anywhere uh-huh. I would though, I would go anywhere, but just really want to get out there and continue to share my songs and, and my speaking and the book too. The book has been 
um, an amazing journey, I guess. When I started into music, I never thought I would be a speaker, number one. And then I never thought I'd be an author. I didn't think I'd be writing a book, but it's just kind of like where God has just led it all. And so, you know, I guess to leave people with, I would just say, you know, follow your path, whatever that is, and don't be afraid. And when things like dementia and these horrible illnesses get in the way that, you know, just find a way through them and, and, you know, just bring others along with you because they want to help you. I think I I saw that the most through my father's illness, how many people want to help you and are willing to help you. You just have to find them and not be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, and I think one of the things, too, is that people have to follow their own passion. And so ask for help right. in how you how you need it, you know, offer services that really touch your heart. Even if it hasn't been right. done before, who cares? Right. And, and you'll be shocked at the response you get because everybody, I think, down deep wants to do their own thing. Everybody wants to have passion and purpose in their life. And and most yes. of that, they don't. And so when they see somebody following that path, they're just amazed, you know, at how you're yeah. doing it. And the, you know, the risks that you take, and, you know, a lot of times people will ask, you know, well, are you making money? And it's like, you know, money's not everything. And if you, if you, exactly. do, if you do good, you'll be covered. You'll be okay, you know. Um, yeah. And it might take exactly. time. It might, um, I know when I, when I made my big switch, you know, from selling real estate into all of this, people were like, oh, how can you do that? And I'm like, I, I've realized I cannot not do this. This is what I was yeah. born to do, and and there's just a peace that comes with that that you, you can't even explain, and a you know just a, a a sense of of a deeper knowing of who you are, and um, you know that exactly. you have an impact and that you're helping people. I, I, it's it's pretty powerful. Um, so, it is. And, I've lived that out as well. I mean, I I got into music in my mid forties, which is not, you know, the music industry is not looking for, for people in there, you know, to sign anybody. And it was kind of crazy. And so I agree with you, never say never, because if that's what you're supposed to do, go do it. And there will be a way, there will be a way. Absolutely. There will be a way. Yeah. And, And I think the other thing that it teaches you when you're willing to take those risks is you realize that you're really not in control um, very much okay, like yeah. Alzheimer's, and so you mm-hmm. kind of have to go with the flow, and and doors open that you would never imagine were even yeah. there or possible, or like you said, all of a sudden you're speaking, you're doing a book that wasn't on your list. It just it just came no. and it flowed, and it feels natural, it feels good, and you're just grateful for the opportunity, and and so um, you know recognizing. You know, asking for those doors to to you know come before you in a way you see them. You know, because sometimes that's right. changing our, our attitude and our perspective yes. on, on, on yes. what it is we're looking for. And then you know, just opening the door with a smile on your face, going, "Gosh, you know, it's kind of like Christmas. What's what's behind this right. door?" And um, <laughs> exactly, and, yeah, and seeing what's there, it's it's pretty exciting stuff. I I think making those types of moves also um you end up switching your mindset and not not focusing on failure. 
but focusing right. on move, moving forward. And and I think that that's a trap of society too. Is that you know we we are always plusing and minusing everything out. And did we succeed or did we fail? And instead, you get in this mode of at least I tried. You know exactly. And and and, and what I tried, and this is what I've learned. And so now I'm a step closer to perfecting whatever it is I'm supposed to do. You know, and and that's a huge shift. And when you, when you do that, people watch you and see that, and you know they learn from you because there aren't that many yeah. receivers out there. And, that's um, true. And stuff. So you know, kudos for you, girl. Keep it up. Keep it oh, up. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, I have a wonderful <laughs> husband who keeps pushing me every time I want to quit. He's like, "You're not quitting." So so that's awesome. <laughs> I'm remarried, and he's a wonderful man. And so it's made a huge difference, but you know, it is, it's hard. And, you know, there are times when, like when I judge my ministry on, you mentioned the financial side and, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't made a lot of money, you know, because I've invested back in making CDs is expensive. And, but it's like, you know, it doesn't matter. It does, like you said, it doesn't matter because I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and that will come, you know, God's providing yep. and it's all okay. And it's like, you know, it's just you got to do it because, like, I know if I wasn't, I would be miserable if I wasn't, didn't continue in music and what I'm doing and the speaking and all of it. I would be miserable because I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So yeah. to not do that would, I would never be happy. So. Well, and I, and I think, you know, if it all fell into place and you were making big money, you know, you also learn how to do things, uh, you know, on a dime. And exactly. Instead of a thousand bucks, you know, and and so we learn to become more economical and still be able to have a powerful reach and and right. um, impact on people, and so you know that's a huge gift um, in and of itself. And and you know people will say, well, you can't do it, and then all of a sudden, you know, here's Jill, here's who, you know, yeah. whoever, look, look at them, how yeah. they do that, you know, yeah. they weren't supposed to be able to do that. Exactly. And now, I mean, I have a major artist looking at one of my songs and it's like, whoever would have thought that, you know, and I don't because in the songwriting world, you know, I really need to live in Nashville. Well, I can't. My husband has a family owned business. But in spite of all that, I've met, you know, because of just following the path and doing your thing. I don't know if it will happen yet, but, you know, it's a possibility. It's like, who knows? So it's like this could go yep. way farther than you even dream or imagine. So yep. you got to, like yep. you said, just step out in faith and let God do the rest. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. that's what I feel. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, people can go awesome. to your website at jillmillermusic.com. That's jillmillermusic.com. Or they can uh, find you on Facebook as well, and you have a Twitter handle at Jill Miller yes. Music as well. So, um, yes. you know, thank you so much for sharing your two beautiful songs and your story, and um, I'm just so excited and glad we were able to connect. And um, you know, I, I just wish you the best, and please, please keep in touch. Thanks, Lori. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, and. Um, Best of luck to you and all you're doing as well. Thank you for all you're doing. I really appreciate it. Oh, great. You have a wonderful weekend. Bye now, Jill. You too. Thanks. Bye. For um for upcoming events, you can uh 
take a listen to our radio show, and uh, that'll be every Tuesday. We are going to be changing our time starting next week. We are going to be at um, 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central, that's noon Mountain Time, and 11 o'clock um, Pacific Time. So just FYI you on that. Next uh, Tuesday, we're going to be announcing the new film on dementia, which I cannot wait to tell you about, called His Neighbor Phil. It is the most powerful film I have ever seen on this disease. Very realistic to what families go through. Um, I've previewed this with people living with dementia, with their care partners. We've got some great quotes from some uh, big people in the industry that um, are just all giving us rave, rave reviews. So I'm looking forward to doing that show next Tuesday. We're also going to be doing dementia chat because the radio show is going to be changing from 10 to uh, 1 o'clock. Central Time Dementia Chat is going to be in the morning. So I'll put all of that on the blog and on the, the website over the weekend here so that people have that. I also wanted to uh, just highlight on the blog on August 2nd, I did do a post for Dementia Action Alliance that had their audio from their webinar they did, Living Fully with Dementia, where uh, there were several people with dementia that talked about um, their particular situation. There's also the recorded um, dementia chats um, from the 28th that was really uh, a great in, um, and inspiring conversation, as always. And then we had a couple of articles relating to the passing of Icon Richard Taylor, who was one of the very first people with dementia whose voice was actually heard all around the world. So, um, again, uh, you can listen to any of our broadcasts um, just by going to our archives. Our last show we did Living with, De with the Dementia Days with Lori Shearer, plus we had Keeping Up With Your Medications with Pillwright um, and founder Marianne Andrews, which was a, a really interesting show as well. So you guys have a great weekend, and we will be chatting to you on Tuesday. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey go a lot easier.